0: Best day of the week is finally here, uh, as far as the Lockdown Wolverines podcast is concerned, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire. And uh, yeah, it's a mailbag day, so I always love getting into this. Uh, so we are going to do exactly that. Let me know if this all sounds off in any way, by the way, because... Upgraded our audio equipment. Um, looking at the levels, there they look a little bit lower, but on listen, you know, as far as like visually, but listening to it, it sounds better. As far as what I can tell, maybe you don't notice a difference. Maybe it's maybe it's louder. Maybe it's quieter. I don't know. It probably won't be louder. Anyhow, let's get right into the questions. Uh, starting out with our leaders and best, James Crudup. Where do you think Shea ranks among all Big Ten quarterbacks? Well, as of right now, I mean, he's either number one or number two, really. Uh, just because, I mean, number one, I think that he already had a lot going for him, as it was. Uh, I, I thought he was, at worst, probably second or third. let us Let's say third last year. Uh, obviously Dwayne Haskins ended up being by far the number one guy. Uh, I don't know that I had that last year. I thought Brian Lewerke might have ended up being that guy. And then we saw him just absolutely fall apart, partially due to injury. I feel like some of it's just being gun shy a little bit. Uh, Clayton Thorson was, uh, very good as well. But, uh, now we're just like kind of looking around. It's like, you know, McSorley's gone as well. You got Tommy Stevens would have been the guy in, at Penn state, but he's leaving uh, Alex Hornerbrook, who did not have a good year is gone. Um, I don't know who takes over. Oh, well, I do know who takes over uh, Hunter Johnson will take over at Clemson, but I, I would look at, I'd say no worse than second. And I don't know who number one would be otherwise, because you look around, like you got Hunter Johnson, the Clemson transfer, former high four star guy, Justin Fields at Ohio State, five star guy, but hasn't proven anything yet. Nate Stanley is probably like the most robust of all of them. I think Nate Stanley might be, you know, might be the, the best challenger there. Uh because I, I, I don't really I, I don't really know outside of that. Um I I mean I really like whatever produce situation is, it tends to be good. Um I don't remember which one's the one that's coming back. I don't think it's Cindelar, right? It's the other one, or is it Sindelar? Um, I lose track with the Purdue quarterbacks. Um, kind of same thing with uh, Indiana. Like, I want to say Peyton Ramsey, but I know it's that other dude. Um, but, uh, so there's just a lot of upheaval. Like, Brian Lewerke could end up being good again. I mean, he was good before, but... I just don't know what Michigan State's really doing, period. It just seems all asinine, just kind of like the reshuffling of the deck chairs of the Titanic. I think they'll be better, just because that's just how Michigan State and its offense goes. But uh, So to answer the question, I mean, I think best quarterback in the Big Ten is Shays to lose, But a guy like Justin Fields can go up and grab it, because he's got all the tools there. He's at a big time school. I, Nate Stanley would be my other guy, but outside of that, I don't really know. I don't really know that anyone's going to be able to do a heck of a lot. Like, I I don't think Artur Sitkowski at Rutgers is going to be you know like I think he'll be good. I think he's going to be great for Rutgers, but like I don't see that meaning he's going to surpass that. Uh, I don't really know Illinois situation whatsoever. Um, is Anikstad's still the guy at Minnesota. Uh, Jack Cohn still the guy at uh, Wisconsin. I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. And Shea, I think, you know, now that he'll be somewhat unleashed, I think that you'll finally kind of see why he's a five-star. Uh, Josh Barr at Jadike. Keep hearing how improved the offensive line is. Could that be a byproduct of the defensive line uh, playing so many fresh faces that they look Better just because they aren't going up against a bunch of guys now in the NFL? Or is the OL really going to be all that and an ARIA sneak attack? I appreciate the Game of Thrones of it all there. I'm. The O-line has already been improved. You saw it last year in practice. And when I say in practice, I don't mean in actual practice. I mean happening on the field of play during games. It's They're just continuing that progression. But it's not like... It's not like oh wow look at them that's surprising. It's not they're just continuing to do the things that they were doing in the season last year that produced a kind of surprise all Big Ten left tackle a really stalwart group in the middle between uh, Bredesen Ruiz and Onwenu and now it's just a battle for the right tackle position. It's not that they that they are coming in and doing like the Mike still Eric all and just like turning heads. They they're just they're the strength of the offense and they know what they're doing. Uh, I don't think it's a byproduct at all of the defensive line playing fresh faces uh, or anything like that. So it's, it's not a a coming out of spring practice situation to where the offensive line looks better as much as it is just, they are continuing upon the ascension that they had already had just kind of based off of the personnel mixed with Ed Warner. Uh, if that makes any sense, Michael McClendon. Uh, at Michael McClend. Do you think Jay Harbaugh can develop running backs since he never played and we're yet to have one drafted under him? Yes, I think that that's such a misnomer. By the way, that if you haven't played football, that you can't coach a position or you can't coach whatever. Keeping in mind that how many people. Raise your hands while you listen to this. How many of you, before Josh Gaddis came aboard, wanted Jed Fish to come back and be the offensive coordinator of your Michigan Wolverines? There's probably a, a lot of you raising your hands when you when you sit, you know, hear that question posed. Guess who never played a down of football at all in the college level or anything like that? Jed Fish got to be the offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars, got to be the pass game coordinator at Michigan, got to be the offensive coordinator at UCLA. He's now a uh behind the scenes guy with the Los Angeles Rams. No, it's not about being able to play. It's about knowing what knowing what the vision of the head coach is and being able to implement that vision to the position really essentially being able to teach the playbook as well as the technical aspects of what they are supposed to do. You don't have to play in order to do that. You just don't. And I think Jay gets such a bad rap when, especially when you consider Michigan's running backs had a better season. This like you've seen them moving up since Jay took over. And Michigan running backs, If I'm not looking at the stats, but I'm pretty sure that this is what I had looked up a while ago. Michigan's running backs as a whole, and I'm not saying rushing attack overall because once upon a time there was a Denard Robinson, but Michigan's running backs as a whole had the best year that they've had since Michael Hart and the group that was in 2007. Karan Higdon had over 1,000 yards in 11 games. So, and then you still had a couple guys in Chris Evans and Shrew Wilson that, that played pretty dang good. So, it's it's not about, yeah, no, they haven't had someone drafted, but they haven't had a guy that's necessarily like, yeah, I, and I will get to this in a minute with another question, but I, I expected Higdon to be drafted. And there's a, apparently a reason why that didn't happen, but the, ultimately it's it's not about, it. you know, Higdon got the yards requisite at the position, right? So it's not, uh, it's more surprising, I think, that, uh, that he didn't get drafted given his production. And I don't think, I think that Jay Harbaugh has elevated the group. I think he sees kind of more of what, I think obviously he gets along better with his father, the head coach, than uh, I guess maybe Tyrone Wheatley did because I don't think that Wheatley and Harbaugh saw eye-to-eye about how they wanted to utilize the running back position. I mean, the running back position got better once uh, Wheatley came aboard. And then it got better again, I think, once Jay Harbaugh took over. And Jay Harbaugh didn't play the tight end position, and people were mad about him being uh, the tight ends coach. Even they were like, oh, well, Jake Butt, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you obviously, when you have a guy like that, guess what? Jake Butt had his best years under Jay Harbaugh. It, there's no denying his impact. And it's just funny to me that people get all nepotism, blah, blah, blah about it, even though there's tangible results. So anyway, uh, finishing out this segment, George D. DeGilio at GD DeGilio. Uh, do you think the next head coach at the university of Michigan is currently on the coaching staff for football or basketball? Do you think Harbaugh or Beeline are grooming people for the position? Hopefully this won't happen for an extremely long time. Um, I don't know. I think that's a, you know, it's I don't think that they're explicitly grooming anybody. I don't think that that's the case. But I mean, I I think like if everything goes super great, uh, you know, and Michigan rattles off a couple national championships and Harbaugh wants to go and do whatever, you know, I think obviously you you'd hope that, you know, your replacement's probably a guy like Josh Gaddis, who's a young guy. I mean, could be Jay Harbaugh, like I who I just mentioned. It, you know, I I don't know that there's a definitive answer there because I think you have to be able to do what you want to do first, and I think that's the same thing for basketball. Uh, I would imagine Sadi Washington could be that, you know. But I mean, Haynes and Yaklich, all the same too, right? Like I think that there's, uh, I, th- I think that there's guys that could take over. I just don't think that they're being groomed. Or that they are, I think that the the idea is, I think Beeline would be likely to be gone before Harbaugh just based off of tenure and age and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, So I think that that would be a little bit more likely. But as far as, as the football side, I mean, they haven't come anywhere close to what they want to accomplish. And uh, I don't think that Harbaugh is going anywhere anytime soon either. So... I think it's just a matter of, uh, I don't know, waiting and seeing how that plays out. So sorry if that's not the answer you wanted, but that's the answer I've got. Uh, all right, more, more of your questions up next. But, you know, hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 1,000 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. There with their powerful tech powerful matching technology. I don't know where that was going. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ziprecruiter.com slash L O C K E D O N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, up next, uh, probably should have put this guy in the leaders and best, but I, uh, I didn't. So honorary leaders and best from Facebook, Gene Nemitz. Is it possible that Jake Moody has become a better field goal kicker than Quinn Nordine? And I mean, Quinn Nordine, minus the strange accuracy issues he has had, has Moody just become the better field goal kicker? I think it's way too early to make that determination. They they both are doing about the same as far as what we've heard in camp, uh, spring camp and everything like that. Quinn Nordine, to me, it just seemed like he had the yips. You know, the the whole, like, all right, can't get out of your head, like he'd go into practice, he'd drill a few, and then he'd get into the game and something would happen. Not everything has been his fault either, like that Penn State block. He got a lot of grief for that, but that was a missed block on, uh, on the line. Um, I believe that was the tight end on the play uh, that missed the block. But um, nonetheless, I, I think it's just way too early to write off Quinn Nordine or say that Jake Moody's gotten better. Uh, Jake Moody obviously had a really good game against Indiana, but I think that was by design that they were trying to get him to have that because they knew they were going to roll with him against Ohio State. That's a little bit of my conspiracy theory. That's not inside knowledge. That's just what I thought when it happened was they're just trying to get him ready so that he can feel comfortable going into Columbus and doing whatever. But, yeah, again, way too early, I think, in my estimation, to figure out exactly where they stand in the pecking order. But it's clearly it's neck and neck because there's not a starter now and they don't anticipate there being one until fall, probably. Clint Derringer, uh, welcome. First time, uh, I believe, that you've uh, asked a question, at Clint underscore Derringer. Who will be Michigan's leading rusher in 2019? Most receptions, most sacks. Um, I am going to go with... I, I've been saying it. I mean, we didn't see him in, in spring ball, but I, I kind of said this going into spring ball. Zach Charbonnet is my leading rusher. I just think he is a special type of talent. Uh, whether he gets to see the field uh, right out the gates or not, I'm not sure, but I think that he is a special talent. Uh, I think that he's going to be really good. I'm going to give a caveat and say that if he, because he was behind the eight ball a little bit by not getting to participate in spring ball due to the procedure he had, uh, I would then say Christian Turner, uh, because he they clearly see him as like a really big breakout guy. Everyone I've ever asked about, uh, like who stands out, like from, uh, bowl prep to early spring ball, Christian Turner's name always came up uh, before his injury. Uh, so I think that he would also be the guy. I just still have like this. I'm not gonna call it blind faith because I mean you can watch the tape. I just think that. And I know it's hard to be a running back and to come in and do your thing at the college level coming out of high school, especially because you're playing against different level of competition. I just really think Zach Charbonnet has a little something extra that we haven't seen in Ann Arbor in a long time. Um, And that's not a knock on anyone else. Uh, I just think that he is a truly special, gifted guy. Most receptions... Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Donovan People's Jones, who I believe had the most receptions last year and Nico had the most yards. Um, I think that that people's Jones, they're gonna tr- find ways to get him involved in space uh, as much as possible. be your checkdown, be your every t- every type of thing. I just think he's got that type of athleticism where I can see them just like really trying to get him the ball uh, as many times as possible as far as you know receptions are concerned. I don't think he'll have the most yards necessarily. I think that's going to go to Nico Collins. Uh, cause I think that based off of everything that Josh Gaddis has said, it just sounds like he really, really, really likes Nico Collins. And this isn't to take away from the fact that I think that Tariq Black is going to have a special year that if he's able to come in and stay healthy, uh, I think that that'll be kind of a surprise in a way is like, oh, yeah, that's right. They have this other guy that's just an absolute beast. Um, and most sacks, uh, I will go with, uh, I'm gonna go with Quiddy Pay because Josh Uche, I think uh I, I think the teams will key in on him a little bit more. Uh so he won't get to lead in sacks again. Uh I think Aiden Hutchinson will play. I mean, he's gonna be playing that anchor role, which is more of a run stopping the end position. And I think that uh he's gonna open up opportunities for Quiddy Pay. So I'm gonna say Quiddy Pay. I am really excited about him. I think he'll be the dude that really comes in and just makes that. Uh, huge impact. Uh, Dave Dreas at Dave Dreas. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and sorry if I'm not. Could be wrong, but it seems like 2020 football recruiting has been kind of slow. A lot of top guys are leaning UM, but no one seems to be pulling the trigger. Am I correct or incorrect? I mean, I think to a degree it is a little slow. A bit. I mean, it's usually kind of slow this time anyway, uh, time of year. I remember, like, okay, so, like, this time last year they had more guys committed. You already had. I mean, at this time, you still had Stephen Heron, I believe, in the fold, which, you know, he fell out. Uh, yeah, you did because he fell out on Big you know, Big Ten media days. But, uh, I mean, you had Chris Hinton in the fold. You had Charles Thomas. You had some other guys, uh, you know, Carson Barnhart. But I th- it felt like it was kind of similarly slow, except for you just had some higher-end guys already involved. It, I remember when things started to make the turn, it was in late May, early June, and you started having some of those bigger, big group visits. Uh, when, you know, when they had that picture where it was like, you know, Mozzie Smith, Lewis, sign, uh, Zach Harrison, all, all of those guys visited. And then you had that sudden wave of commitments starting with Eric all, uh, like that happened so quickly that my inside source, uh, told me like, Hey, Eric, All is going to commit, but I was on the road on my way to breakfast. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll write it after breakfast. And he committed while I was at breakfast. So I didn't even get to that. But, uh, I mean, they had that wave. It started with him, and then you had Mozzie Smith. You had Zach Charbonnet. You had all those guys that committed all within that one big fell swoop. Um, DJ Turner. Uh, I think, like, June will probably be the point where the tide turns. It has been slow. So you're not – I don't think you're missing anything, but especially when you see, like, some other guys have – other teams have some success in recruiting, and Michigan's just kind of just sitting there. Um, but I mean, I think they're in a good shape with a lot of guys. Like I've said on this podcast a few times, um, recently, I have not been following recruiting to the degree that I normally do. I've been kind of deferring a little bit to my guy, Evan Petzold, uh, but, uh, am kind of trying to get back into it a little bit more, but they're in good shape with guys like Braden McGregor, who's a later decision, Theo Johnson, who's a later decision. And when I say later, I mean, summer, um, they're in a good shape with some of those types of guys like these guys that are planning on deciding, um, like I talked to Noah Nelson, the offensive lineman from Arizona last week. And he said, like, you know, before senior year, you have like this large group of guys that Michigan's in really good shape with that aren't deciding until sometime mid to late summer, sometime before their season starts. So it'll pick up. It's just a matter of, uh, kind of being uh patient there. uh, Rookie at H. Warchant, another new one, as well as Dave Dreas, by the way. I didn't even say it. This whole segment, with the exception of uh, Gene Nemitz, are all first-time question askers, so I appreciate that. He says, uh, what current coach is underrated? Well, I already discussed Jay Harbaugh at length, so I'll give you a different answer. But I think that Jay is definitely probably the one that's most underrated. But uh, I'll add to him... Because, and, I, you know, I can't say Ed Warner's underrated because everyone knows what he is. I can't say Don Don Brown might be slightly underrated now based off of the reaction to the last two games last year. But, you know, everyone knows what Don Brown is. Um, I, I, I'm i going to go with Sharon Moore. I think that Sharon Moore, he, he's, I don't think that people understand that, A, how good of a recruiter he is. Uh, obviously he got brought in Daxton Hill, but he's a guy who's getting involved kind of with everybody. He, he's really solid on that front. And then on top of, and remember he closed like all the people that were like, and this is okay. Listen, Al Washington is still my guy, even though he's at Ohio state. I know people don't want to hear that, but he is, but you know what Al Washington did not do for all of the talk of how good of a recruiter he was is he didn't close. Sharon Moore went out there and closed the top guy on Michigan's board overall. It wasn't as big of a deal that Michigan lost out on Zach Harrison as considering that they brought in Daxton Hill. Daxton Hill, in my eyes, was a bigger get for them than Zach Harrison, even though Zach Harrison was a defensive end out of enemy territory. I just think that Daxton Hill just honestly is just a higher end, a, high, a guy higher up on the board. Not by much, but I think he was. And so Sharon's got that going for him. And then I think he's taken, I mean, he's he's inherited a really good group. Like I talked about Jay Harbaugh with the tight ends before, but he's inherited a really good group. But I think when you see, like, how Zach Gentry improved last year, I think when you see how much Sean McCune will have improved this year, I think you saw a little bit of that in the spring game, just how deep that group is, is. I mean, they're really, I don't think there's any, I think Michigan really is at this place where I know Iowa is the one who gets all the cred, the pub, because they, I mean, they just had two first round draft picks from the tight end position. I think Michigan has got that type of room. I, I, I would imagine that if you were able to put Luke Shoemaker out there, he would light it up. He's got the body and he's got the coaching and, because I think Sharon Moore is just doing an absolute marvelous job. And I think people should uh, be more excited about what he's able to bring to the table. Um on the defensive side of the ball, Mike Zordich. But again, I think people know how how good the uh, the cornerbacks have been. I don't think he's underrated at all. And it's hard because there's four new coaches, so it's kind of I can't say I can't say you know whether Campanile or Nua or uh, McDaniel's or you know Gaddis or whatever. I can't really tell you which ones are underrated or not because we just haven't seen them at Michigan yet. Alright, finishing out segment number two, and then we'll close out strong. Colby Murray, the the only Colby. Thoughts on Higdon going undrafted. Also, why did he go undrafted? Can't really figure that one out. Uh I was surprised, as I said before. Uh I'm definitely very surprised that he went undrafted. Uh expected him to get drafted. Felt like I wasted my day laying there trying to watch the NFL draft. I you know, we had our pre writes ready and uh I mean he posted on Instagram at I, I, I've had very limited contact with him. I didn't ask him. I just basically told him congratulations and he said thank you and whatever. But uh uh he posted on Instagram that uh he had a surgery and that scared teams away. And whether that's uh whether that's the issue or not, I guess. I mean he is a little undersized compared to what some running backs would be, but I mean his production I thought was up there. I thought I'm surprised that he You know, he wasn't projected to go below Mike Weber or Ty Johnson or some of those other guys that went, but he did. And he was the strength, aside from the offensive line, he was the strength of the Michigan offense. So I'm still very confused about that. All right, we are running super out of time, so i got to finish this up. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Wolverines on the new Himalaya Podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Wolverines. All right, we got about 3 minutes and I got four questions, but we can get through all of this. Um cuz a couple of them are kind of just uh they're not going to require the explanation that the other ones had. So, did this by design, I think. I don't know. DB5K09, another first-time guy actually. These are all first-time guys except for the last question. Uh is there any starter that might not be dressed for the game against Middle Tennessee due to injury? I, it's way too early to tell, man. I mean, we're coming out of spring ball. We got fall camp. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is the only one that, that I think is somewhat concerning considering that he did not go all spring. His injury is lingering. Um, but I would imagine that it he'll go by that time. But again, let's get the fall camp before we get to that type of deal, because it's, that's a long ways off. A lot can happen, uh, between now and then, uh, in good and bad ways, no less. Brian Cress at Kress 77 is Oliver Martin being passed up in the slot, or is it just a case of people paying attention to the shiny new toys? I think it's a case of people paying attention to the shiny new toys in many ways. Uh, I think Sainer still is legit. I think you're going to see a lot of Sainer still, but I think I'll, and I, I think that, uh, I'm mean, part of it is, I think that no, not that he's getting passed up. I think that he had a really, really good spring, but we saw Oliver Martin's ability in the spring game a little bit. And, uh, from what I was told when I checked in with somebody close to the situation, they had said that everything is right there for Oliver. He just kind of needs to turn it on. It's his time to be able to do that. Uh, so sometimes spring, part of the thing about having a spring ball and having a freshman come in and play the way St. still did is that it does make it so the lights turn on that much brighter for a guy that's been in the program for a little bit longer like Oliver who so he can go into the fall camp with a different type of mindset than what he had before. Uh, so we'll see again. That's another fall camp deal. Blue blitz at Medicare advice. One, what's OSU's biggest position group weakness coming out of spring ball? Uh, someone actually answered you in this with the way that I agree. It's quarterback. And it's just because they lost the uh, guy who was challenging Justin Fields. And now, but now, okay, here's the deal. They just brought in a transfer from Kentucky. You know, he might be able to come in and do some things, but I mean, until we know that for sure it's justin fields then chris chuganov and then big question mark uh so uh, to me that's that's still the, the the biggest position group weakness for them because they've got one guy and it's a guy that likes to run the ball a guy that's going to get banged up especially in the big 10 it's questionable to me uh outside of that i don't know i didn't pay enough attention maybe one of these days i'll have dan hope from uh 11 warriors on and we'll we'll talk about uh, ohio state in a uh, greater length uh that's a, actually a, probably a pretty good idea to do. Uh, finishing out, and uh, this is going to be a big shrug for me, uh, Kurt Alvestefer at Kurt Elv 8 What's the recruitment of Jalen Berger look like? Um, I don't really think Michigan – this is the Don Bosco prep uh, running back with 100% crystal ball on Ohio State. Uh, I, I just don't think Michigan's that in it yet right now. I mean, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. Like I said, I don't pay, pay as much attention to recruiting – I I'd have to ask Evan maybe a little bit more about that, but as far as I know, it's uh I mean Michigan's really not terribly in it. So uh there is a Campanile there coaching at Don Bosco, so that could change. The head coach is uh Anthony's brother, if I'm not mistaken. Um maybe I am mistaken. Is it Don Bosco or is it that uh is Bergen no, it's Bergen Catholic? I'm wrong, see? I just got all mixed up here. All right. Uh, More show tomorrow. We'll figure out what it's about. For the Lockdown on Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at On Wolverines, Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at Locked Wolverines at gmail.com. You can find us on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or online at dot com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.